I'll do anything to sort of change the way I'm feeling. Self-medicating, you sort of alienate yourself. It can be very hard to communicate what you're feeling. DBT therapy allowed me to put a name to all of the feelings that I was having. Started to realize that the people around me didn't really have resources to talk about it or get help. That was the idea for Mindful Teen. Hello, did you guys miss me? <laughs> It's Carmen, your host of Generation SOS on Record. It's been a while. I was feeling a little burnt out. I was so focused on providing these interviews for others and releasing them on time. And I really wasn't paying attention to how I was feeling. Sometimes you have to revisit your why. So I took a month and a half and revisited that for this podcast. And I feel more energized, more focused, and just really more present now. So I'm excited to be back, be back releasing, get back to interviewing. And I'm thankful that you guys have been patient and let's get into it. Ryan is our guest this week. Whoop, whoop. I don't really know much about Ryan. Um, we connected over Zoom before, talked about SOS, the podcast and his website. So Ryan created mindfulteen.org. He went to DBT therapy, which he'll talk about today, along with his story and why that was so important. And he felt really called to create this website. Thank you so much, Ryan, for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. If you can recall, how old were you when you first noticed signs or people around you first noticed signs that you were struggling? Yeah, so I started seeing a therapist in fifth grade. Um, and that was mainly just because my parents wanted me to see one. Um, and I didn't really disclose much with them. I wasn't really like into the idea of having a therapist. Um, and so I didn't get too much help from that. Um, and then I had a psych eval and in that psych eval, um, I, some red flags came up for depression and anxiety. Um, and so that's the first time where I sort of realized that the way that I was feeling or the way that I was thinking was maybe different from how other people were feeling and thinking or was maybe problematic. Um, and so then I switched therapists um, and I sort of, now that I knew that I had these issues, um, I was able to sort of talk about it um talk about it a little bit more openly. Uh, and then that therapist recommended me uh, to go to a DBT group therapy. Um, and so the summer of COVID, I did that. And that was really amazing for me because it allowed me to put a name to all of the feelings that I was having. Um, and it equipped me with a bunch of skills to, you know, sort of help me help me out when I was feeling that way. I sort of started to realize that the people around me, they were dealing with similar things, at least some of them were, um, but they didn't really have the terminology or resources to talk about it or get help. That was basically, that was the idea for Mindful Teen was to just have a place to be able to learn about the way that they're feeling, to be able to put names to the feelings that they're having. Um, and also just like a quick resource to see, you know, what what tools they can implement in order to feel better. And you created this in high school? Yeah. So I started creating it in high school. I ended up getting 
the Columbia Department of Psychology involved. And so they kind of took over and fact-checked everything just to, just to make sure that the information was like the most updated, most relevant information. And that's, that's how it is today. What is DBT therapy? So DBT therapy is, stands for dialectical behavioral therapy. And it's based off of the idea of a dialectic, which is that two opposing ideas can be true at the same time. And reconciling those two can actually lead to a greater truth. I sort of struggled with black and white thinking or like all or nothing thinking. Um, And so the idea that, you know, I'm doing the best I can. And at the same time, I need to do better. That had never really occurred to me. You know, it, that sort of addresses the major topic that DBT seeks to to solve, I guess, which is finding a balance between acceptance and change. Sometimes things are difficult. Do I need to accept that they're difficult and go along with it, or do I need to do I need to change it? Um, and so, yeah, there's a bunch of different sectors of DBT, uh, and they each deal with specific situations. I, did you say it was group therapy? Yeah, it was a nine month, a nine month, uh, once a week meeting, um, with a bunch of families, um, and I think it was like three or four other families and their children, and it, yeah, it was really, it was really interesting to see how similar we were feeling, um, because you tend to have, at least in my in my uh, experience this sort of spotlight effect that's like, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with this and like, it's different from what everybody else is dealing with. And it sort of alienates, you sort of alienate yourself with that thinking. And then after that, I am working with uh, a one-on-one therapist. Okay. So did you do the DBT therapy with your family as well? Yeah. Well, not my entire family, just my parents. How did that impact your relationship with them? It improved our relationship a lot um, just because it can be very hard to communicate what you're feeling to your parents, to other people in general. It made communi- communicating your emotions a lot easier. Going to an all boys school, there's sort of this mentality of like mental health struggles, a sort of like weakness. That was also the reason that a lot of my friends, you know, weren't getting help, even though they were struggling, was because they wanted to just deal with it on their own, um, which is something that I did for a long time, self-medicating um, and taking a, a bunch of, you know, dangerous routes. Um, I tried, you know, drinking. I tried smoking. I tried um, some other drugs. I tried self-harm. And it all just was a quick fix in the moment that distracted me from the way I was really feeling. You know, as soon as that distraction went away, the feelings came back just a little bit stronger. Um, And so it just creates this negative cycle of, you know, reinforcing the, the idea that like every time I'm sad or I feel this way, I need to drink or I need to smoke or I need to do this to feel better. At the same time, you know, you're using these other, you're using these other skills or like these other methods of getting rid of your emotions. You're enforcing that route as opposed to it, it, it which makes it that much harder to then switch to um, finding a more positive way of dealing with your emotions. From my, from my perspective, like these things were working because they were getting rid of the emotion in the short term. 
Um, and so I was very resistant, um, to, you know, sort of stop drinking, stop smoking. And I was fortunate enough to have systems put in place that, that helped me get back to healthier habits. Mm -hmm. Um, but I definitely think that going down that path, um, was necessary to realize how helpful, how useful these skills are. And I'm sure it's a blessing looking back, being like, at least I got out of that. You know, some people yeah. don't and that you had the resources, yeah. had the support to go through that, but get out of that as well. You know, are you sober or do you just have a healthier relationship with substances now? It depends. Um, I took a, a period of uh, like one and a half to two years of total sobriety. Um, and then I sort of reintroduced drinking in social settings. Um, and there was a big emphasis on using them in moderation, um, and not engaging in problematic drinking behaviors. Um, but I haven't smoked weed in three years and I don't plan on just because that was my, you know, drug of choice. How would Generation SOS been helpful while you were in DBT therapy or currently in your life? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think I touched on this before, but, you know, the spotlight effect um, that you're the only person dealing with this and it's different from what everybody else is thinking um, and you just sort of alienate yourself and you make it impossible to talk to other people about it or impossible to sort of be vulnerable um, to friends and family even. So I think Generation SOS has done a fantastic, amazing job of just showing you that you are not alone and you get to see these people opening up about their stories and what worked for them. Um, and it's just, it's great because it gets rid of that sort of alienation um, and it makes you feel, at least in my opinion, more seen um, and more like represented, I guess. You mentioned earlier you put more healthier systems, i.e. coping skills, into place. What are some of those? Yeah, so there's a bunch of skills. Um, my favorite is distress tolerance skills. There's an acronym TIPP, T-I-P-P, um, which stands for temperature, intense exercise, pace breathing, and progressive muscle relaxation, I believe it is. Um, and so these are just skills for when you feel overwhelmed and you get yourself out of this negative thought spiral, temperature, like you dunk your face in a bowl of ice, intense exercise, you go for a run, you do push-ups, whatever. Um, Pace breathing or box breathing is four, four in, four hold, four out. And then you just sort of do that over and over and, and it helps calm you down. And then progressive muscle relaxation is you sort of sit and you start at your toes and you work your way up and you focus and deliberately relax every single muscle on your way up. Um, and so those are just four of my favorites, um, but there are hundreds. Mm -hmm. What is the most important lesson you have learned from yours or others mental health struggles? It's a bit of a cliche, um, but you are not alone. 
um, is something that I think more people not necessarily need to hear because I was told that, you know, so many times and it just never really resonated with me, but it is true. You are not alone. Um, I guarantee you that one of your friends, one of your siblings, parents, something is dealing with something very similar to what you're dealing with in some capacity. Um, and you should not be afraid to open up to them about that stuff. What age do you believe you were struggling the most? Can I give an age range? Sure. Okay. I would say from 14 to 17 or 15 to 17. Okay. So I'm going to say 15. Sure. What advice, what advice would you give your 15 year old self? Ooh, this is tough. It is. Take your time. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to need a second. I would, I would probably tell my 15 year old self that the way you're feeling is okay. Because I think there's like, um, at the time it was just sort of like, I shouldn't be thinking this. I shouldn't be feeling this way. I need to do something to change it. Um, I'll do anything to sort of change the way I'm feeling. Um, so yeah, I would tell myself it's okay to feel the way you're feeling. You've taken what you've been through, learned from it. And also give others a chance to learn maybe what you didn't learn um, or at an earlier stage in their life. And I think, it again, it hits on your point that you've been saying, you know, you're not alone. If you were the only person to go through all of that stuff, Ryan, there would be no need to make a website because (laughs) no one would need to look at it because you would literally be the only person. So again, it's that common humanity. And I I really respect what you've done with everything, put it to an accessible platform for individuals who maybe can't go to therapy, who just don't know what to do, don't want to go to therapy yet, et cetera. Especially at 19 years old, Ryan, the things I was doing at 19, let me tell you, it wasn't making a website about mental mental health. Let me tell you that. I was not doing that. So you should definitely be proud of yourself. And then to wrap up, how can our listeners access Mindful Team and all of its content and resources? Yeah, so you can go to www.mindfulteen.org, all one word. Um, and you'll find our website there. Um, we're also on Instagram, um, mindful teen. Um, and yeah, it's a great resource. I recommend go check it out. Have a great rest of your day. And I cannot thank you enough for your time. Thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing. Um, thank you very much. For more conversations like these, or to find a support system near you, go to generationsos.org.